0: From hit songs with rhythm to traveling the world injecting that rock and roll venom, you guys are in for a special treat today. Hey everyone, it's Randy Holsey, your host of Backstage Pass Radio. Thanks so much for queuing up this episode. And first off, if you enjoy the show, please share the link to this interview and all interviews on your social media sites with your friends. Today I'm joined by a guitar phenom and the musician's musician. My guest is a columnist for Guitar World magazine, a multi-year tenured performer on the Monsters of Rock Cruise and is world-renowned for his work with such acts as Cher, Night Ranger, Triumph, and many, many others. Sit tight. We'll have the one and only guitar virtuoso Joel Hoekstra of the bands Snake, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and Iconic here when we return.
1: This is Backstage Pass Radio, the podcast that's designed for the music junkie with a thirst for musical knowledge. Hi, this is Adam Gordon, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn alerts on for this and all upcoming podcasts. And now, here's your host of Backstage Pass Radio, Randy Halsey.
0: Joel, welcome. How are you, man?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you so much. After many
0: texts back and forth, here we are, finally. So thanks for sticking with me and getting all this lined
2: out yeah my pleasure thank you
0: where do we uh I mean where where do we even start with you man you know the the career is illustrious for sure I suppose that I guess we could talk about uh Snake first as you're out with them right now on the farewell tour correct
2: yeah yeah absolutely so uh you know just great to be back with everybody mainly at this point um so despite it being the farewell tour there's very little focus on on that because we got a long ways to go man you know that's the way i'm looking at it um uh just to survive the tour play all the dates and everything so uh it's been the focus has mainly been on it's just great to see everybody and uh you know of course we have a couple new members so that's been uh fun just uh just getting to know a couple new people and, and work with them as well.
0: Absolutely, and we'll chat about that in just a second. But I think this is the UK and Ireland portion of the tour. Do I have that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We started off uh, started off in Ireland and uh, did uh, you know Scotland, which I guess is part of the UK and uh, UK dates. Um, so that's been uh, with foreigner and with Europe, and uh, having a good time with those guys. A couple of great bands to tour with. So after that, we're, uh, we're headed to Germany to start up uh, touring Europe with Europe.
0: <laughs> Makes perfect sense, right? Yes. I think so. We're catching up with you in uh, Birmingham, correct? Correct. I don't, I don't know how you guys keep that straight. You know, you're, you're from one place to another, you know, day after day. And it's like, but where am I at again? It's probably tough to, to keep up with a little bit, I would imagine.
2: Usually, not so much where we are, but where we're going next is where I'm like, I, man, that's, that's where I never know. Where are you going next? Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know. I haven't looked at the sheet yet. I'll let you know when we get there, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Still, yeah. That's usually where I'm lost. Well,
0: I'm, I'm sure you have good assistants that help, help you get where you need to be. Now, you guys will be over there until, I think it's late July, and then back stateside for a U.S. opener, I believe I read August 17th, somewhere in New Hampshire. Once you guys come back stateside, who will you be on that leg of the tour with? Is that the Scorpions?
2: Scorpions, yeah. There's a couple shows at the beginning of it that are just us, and then I think, I'm not exactly sure, but I think there may be a couple during that are going to be just us. I'm not I'm not entirely positive though. But yeah, I mean mainly we're doing a run with the Scorpions. Okay. Uh, a couple shows on our own to start it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now you joined White Snake somewhere 2014-2015 when David Coverdell I guess came calling. Was it Night Ranger that you were working with at the time or or do you remember
1: yeah, no,
2: I've been with Night Ranger basically 2008 through 2014, um, and then um, made the sw- switch to Whitesnake.
0: Okay. You talked a little bit earlier about getting to know some new, new members in the band. Uh, I believe right now the band is a, uh, a septet, right, for the first time ever. Talk to the listeners about the current lineup and where these artists came from.
2: Okay, well, I mean, you get got Tommy Aldridge, legend on drums, uh, <laughs> so he's probably the most recognizable Whitesnake drummer uh, that For there's sure. been, and uh, Reb Beach uh, is my guitar partner, and Reb has actually been in Whitesnake longer than any member uh, in its history, other than David, so... Obviously, uh, those two guys, and I should have started with David Coverdale, and not sure why I didn't. (laughs) Who's that guy, right? (laughs) I guess it's a assume. Yeah, right. Uh, But yeah, David and Tommy and Reb, um, and Michele Lupi is uh, back as our um, keyboardist um myself of course and then the new members are uh Tanya O'Callaghan on bass who's um amazing player first first female member in the history of Whitesnake man but she's, she's she's great man she's great on stage great player really cool off stage great great hang um and um and then Dino Jalusic is uh, also on keyboards with us um, on this tour. Um, and, you know, he's an amazing talent. Just multi-instrumentalist, amazing vocalist. So, you know, really adds to the, the backing vocals. The backing vocals are, are really strong with this lineup, especially between uh, Dino and Michaela and Reb. You know, Tanya and I both sing as well, but those three guys are all, you know, really exceptional. and sure. So, yeah, there you go.
0: I guess if you close your eyes and listen to the bass line, you don't know if it's male or female anyway, right? So what difference does it make?
2: <laughs> uh, I, mean, I think she, she fits in that. she's you know, As a member of Whitesnake, David looks for great players who are good on stage and good entertainers, too. And uh, she certainly um, is both of those.
0: Absolutely. Now, there's currently a a, a 25th anniversary box set that's out uh, entitled Restless Heart. I've listened to it. It's wonderful. Great job, uh, you know, on the work there. Talk to the listeners about uh, the box set and maybe where they can get their hands on that. Do do you happen to know that information?
2: Actually, I only know that it's... put out by Rhino, um, you know, Division of Warners, uh, but, uh, I don't really know where to say, go here to get yeah, I mean, I, I, that was an interesting task. I mean, there was, Restless Heart was something that back in the day, David was recording as a solo album and, uh, this is years ago. And so he was kind of doing, a. I suppose, a Coverdale Page kind of thing with Adrian playing guitar. It was Adrian Vandenberg yeah. um, who did the guitars on the record. And um, it was a little bit more of like a single pass with lots of amps kind of thing. So didn't have a typical Whitesnake sound of overdubs and Les Paul, etc. Um, I think back in the day, the label kind of convinced David to release it under the Whitesnake name rather than under his own. Okay. Um, so it was something he approached me with for the reissue that he always missed having a Les Paul sound on there and asked me, do you, do you think you can take everything Adrian did and double it like, you know, really, really like so close that you can't tell there's another sure. player doing it. So that was that was a, a difficult task to just try and be super, super tight with Adrian um, on all everything he played on there. And then if I had any over-up ideas here or there, additional guitar parts, um, they were open-minded to checking those out, and lots of those are on there. And then he had added Derek Sherinian um, keyboards on there as well, so that was kind of for the remix, reissue. I think in David's view, he just wanted something that had that Les Paul sound, which is his, his favorite. His Absolutely. David loves the the Les Paul sound, so sure. just adding that in, I think, just um, give it a little bit more of the actual White Snake sound um, that's been defined over the years. So you know, it was an honor for me. Uh, I did obviously it was delicate territory cause you don't want to, um, play something on there that Adrian goes, gosh, you know, this guy played all on this and, and ruined it. So. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. You don't want to um, be that guy, right? No, <laughs> so
2: I, did, I did my best to just double it as tightly as possible. And if there were, there was an idea or two, but, um, you know, it was done respectfully. I didn't like, you know, replace any parts of his, sure. there was no taking Adrian out or, absolutely um, um, or replacing any of his solos or anything like that. It was just kind of enhancing it subtly is what I think it really comes down to. Sure. Now, back in
0: 1996, Paul O'Neill founded uh, the Symphonic Metal Sounds of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Was he also managing bands as well. Was he managing Aerosmith, St. Paul O'Neill? Is, the, is that correct?
2: Yeah, he was, he was working, uh, or working with them. With Weber Krebs, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely where he um, came in and then yeah, you know, it was the mad scientist that came up with this idea for a Trans-Siberian I'm Orchestra sure. that I think on paper people went, huh? What's that? What? Right. <laughs> but now here we are. It works, right? they filling arenas twice a day. So Absolutely. It's, it's a so thank, thank God for Paul. was He was, right. he was uh, wild enough to uh, come up with the idea and, and um, get behind it with everything he had.
0: Good for him. Now, I, I believe you joined somewhere around 2010. How did they find you? How did Paul or whoever it was find you for that gig? Uh,
2: well, Alex Skolnick needed to take a year off to tour with his jazz trio uh, that he was um, working with, still is working with. And um, anyway, so I had a couple friends in the band that recommended me and I auditioned uh, with Al Patrelli first and then with Paul O'Neill second. And uh, things went well and got offered of the job. But it basically just having friends in the band.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so over the years, I guess, uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you you guys have sold tens of millions of records, but I I believe it was Billboard that stated you guys were one of the top touring artists of the decade. How does that project, in your own words, how does that project differ from, say, going out with with White Snake? Of course, we know that it's different music, right? But Mm -hmm. what, what do you feel like the big difference is between the two?
2: Well, White Snake. I'm one of seven. Uh, it's it's more of just a obviously a, a rock band, you know, where your pictures on the shirt and uh, you, you get right on the albums a bit and play on the albums. At least since I've been a part of the band, at least. And um, uh, with TSO, it's something that's a much bigger um, organization. I'm on stage with. I mean, I think there's 19 people on our side okay. alone in the band with all the singers and everything like that. So it's something that where we all kind of set aside our personal things for the show, for the good of the show. And you go, this is about, it's about Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And, you know, that's not a negative at all. It's just the between yeah. the two things. So um, I'm definitely honored to be a part of it and to have that uh, ability to, to play a, a small role in it, and it's an amazing production, amazing team of people. A lot of them, despite it being so large, it felt like, you know, family to me at this point. I've been with them for 12 years, so a lot of the people we're talking about, including management, are friends of mine, and, you know, it's you just, just, just grateful to be a part of it, and Whitesnake has um, been a huge opportunity, game-changer for me. You know, David is is wonderful, great guy to work for, work with. However, you want to word it. Uh, enjoy all the bandmates. So, I think any guitarist would be lucky to have either one of those gigs. For sure. I mean, for me, that both is obviously amazing. Yeah. When you talk
0: about like you know White Snake, and I asked who, what the current lineup was, you you rattled off the players in the band. Is it fair to ask such a question about? Um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I don't know how, how you guys view that. Is there, is there, like, main artist and then people supporting the main artist? Or is everybody considered the main artist in Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Hopefully that question makes sense to you.
2: Um, well, I, there's two views on that. I mean, with TSO, it's such a big production that, on one hand, you've got this situation where everybody in the crew is of equal value to everybody in the band because it takes so many people to make that giant machine work man to break down that production the night after an evening show in a city and drive and have it set up for the matinee uh, in the next city takes a remarkable team of people and that's that's why they like having people who've done the the gig before they know it, it takes all the way from loadout to every step of it's very important timing wise to make that work. I think um, that's something that a lot of the fans don't recognize that you know it's it's extremely difficult to, right. to have that done. So our crew is magnificent and I'm on many levels the same. I would however, like to tip my cap to obviously the guys who founded the band musically, really the band Sabotage. And, mm-hmm. and um, due to the popularity, Paul kind of took that band and, and split it two ways. So that's really the core of, of the band are, uh, you know, Al Petrelli and, and uh, Chris Caffery, Jeff Plate and Johnny Lee Middleton. You know, these guys from Sabotage are what Paul, you know, he, t- he took those guys and said, let's do this. So yep. you got I tip my cat to them in that, they're definitely the core band members. But like I said, it's, they're, they're, those are the two ways of looking at it. Right.
0: Well, I guess there's an old adage. It takes a village, right? You talk about the loading in and loading out and all the people and to make it all work. And it, it takes everybody to, to make the success that TSO has had for sure. Let's chat about the supergroup, And when I say supergroup, I'm talking about iconic. Talk to the listeners about the members in this band, since we're kind of on members of, of the band, uh, I, I would like for them to understand who's, who's in this outfit with you guys.
2: Um, yeah, well, it's something that Frontiers uh, Records approached me about. And I think they were looking for a group of classic rock musicians to surround Nathan James, uh, who's a great younger vocalist and been fronting his own band in Glorious now. And simultaneously, I think Michael Sweet from Striper was in dialogue with them about doing a project with me. We'd been talking about it for years. It was like, hey, let's do this. Uh, So I think they kind of thought, hey, wouldn't that be cool if we put those two ideas together and get Joel and Michael on guitar? Michael can sing some of the lead here or there. But basically, I have Nathan James as the singer. And so that sounded like a good idea to me. I'd co-written with Nathan, co-written with Michael. They've both been friends of mine for a long time, and they said, we'll figure out the drummer and bass player thing later. Yeah, so, okay, cool, you know.
0: <laughs> We'll have the rhythm section. Yeah, the and then,
2: much to my surprise, down the road, that worked out to be Tommy Aldridge, my right sink made on drums, and um, Marco Mendoza, who's also a good friend on, on bass. So yeah. um, Tommy and Marco uh, really have enjoyed playing together um, in the past, so they make for a killer rhythm section. And, and so that's how the lineup came together.
0: You can't seem to get away from that Tommy Aldridge guy, right? Can't <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: like he's
0: like the plague. I think that uh, Tommy Yeah, I was gonna ask you which one of you guys fell out of bed and said, you know, let's create a supergroup, but it sounds like it was the brainchild of, uh, of Frontiers, right?
2: Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I mean Frontiers really was the one to um, Put it all together. But it did happen through several. Like I said, I think, you know, Michael talking about doing something with me, I think definitely aided in the process. So, yeah, as much as it's a new band, I know everybody involved. They've all been friends of mine. So it's like we, when we got together to shoot the videos and the photos and everything like that, it, it was very much like great to see you again, more than nice to meet you.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, when I interviewed Michael time back, I asked him who I should talk to on my show. And your name came up. He said, you you need to talk to Joel Hoekstra. So I I appreciate Michael uh, giving me the suggestion there. Now, you guys, you know, Iconic had debuted an album that was released on the 17th. That's super exciting. Talk to the listeners a little bit about the record. Who was the main songwriter? Was it a collaborative effort? Talk a little bit about that.
2: Collaborative, in short, Michael asked me to do what he did with George Lynch on their records together, which is basically compose the guitar riffs, but not arrange them. So say you pick a tempo and you pick a song, idea, vibe, write a pre-chorus, or I'm sorry, like an intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge... But just kind of leave them like separate from each other in a okay. file, yep, and then Michael sense. can arrange them as he wants. And then if it needed like a build here or there or a different riff, uh, Michael would write that riff and basically arrange the songs. And then it went to Alessandro Del Vecchio, uh, the co-producer, and Nathan James to write the lyrics and vocal melodies. And I think Michael had a hand in some of those as well. So yeah, in the end, it was uh, collaborative, is the short answer.
0: Well, you mentioned Alessandro; he's the same guy that's in Hardline, correct?
2: I mean, Ali is producing a lot of stuff for Frontiers these okay. days, um, and I, so I, he's a prolific writer. I mean, he, he cranks out so much material; it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, he's capable of of doing it all. So yeah, I, I think that. That was something that, uh, I mean, he, he played a bigger role in it than, I guess, we, uh, certainly is acknowledged in the videos, where he's not even present. You're right. <laughs> but, um, you know, in the end, I feel like we all had a hand in the music. I mean, I, yeah. it, it's, for me, like, being able to play all the guitar riffs that are mine feels a lot more comfortable than if somebody said, here are the riffs, and, and re-record these.
0: Kind of like White Snake then?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, to a degree, right? Because yeah. when you write with David, um, you know, David is going to be the one to write the lyrics and the vocal melodies. You're not going to yeah. go to him and say, I got this song, here are the words. So yeah, it's you, with David, you're trying to give him riffs.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a ton of great artists on Frontiers. I've been engaged with several of them. Chip's Enough has, has been on my show. And I think you did some work with Chip, if I'm not mistaken. And then, of course, Johnny Gioeli. Uh, with Hardline is on Frontiers. I I think his interview will drop on my show a week before yours. Will there be a, I don't know where you would fit it in, but will there be a supporting tour for Iconic? Do you guys plan on doing something there?
2: I mean, I'm definitely willing. It's just where it fits in. White snake's farewell tour is pretty much occupies my year straight up until TSO. Uh, And then next year we're going to have to do more because I don't think we're going to be able to hit all the territories that we need to get to for a farewell tour in 2022. So it depends on windows and then whatever my window would be in, in 23 is Michael free from Striper is Nathan free from inglorious. Hopefully. I mean, I'm definitely in like, anything that I'm a part of, I would like to push and take it as far as I can. So sure. I definitely would be into doing that just realistically.
0: You know, Who knows, right? That, that, <laughs> to that, be that, determined.
2: That's, that's, yeah, to be determined. But I think, you know, I think most, most of us would be happy to get out there and do some gigs.
0: For sure. Well, before the album released the debut album that the band had exposed a few singles one was nowhere to run i think that was the first one that came out correct and the other one that was just released was fast as you can and i think i saw something where that had spun over thirty five thousand ish does that sound right to you
2: in the, yeah in the first day or so yeah in the um, first couple of days right okay, yeah nowhere, nowhere to run is well currently while well, we're Taping this is a little over three hundred thousand. So yeah, it's. I think it's gotten some decent attention online, and, and um, general reception seems to be really great, which is nice and encouraging. Obviously, you know, there's nothing worse than when you work uh, hard on something and <laughs> doesn't <laughs> will, pan out, don't right? Like it. Yeah, right. So, um, anyway, yeah, see, it seems to be getting uh, a, a nice reception. Something that a lot of people are saying, tour, tour, tour. Get out there, do it. So who knows? I would love to. I think it'd be great.
0: All you need is more hours in the day, right? And you can accommodate all those requests, I'm sure. It's kind of the mindset.
2: More, yeah, more days in the year. Yeah right. Like it, yeah,
0: right. Anything else new and exciting that, you, you know, since you have the platform here that you'd like to share, whether it's, you know, about the bands we discussed or anything you have going on outside of those three specific bands?
2: Well, I'm working on a third album for under my side project name, Joel Hoekstra's Thirteen. So I've got that going on right now. Vinnie Appice is uh, in the process of doing the drums for that, and going to go to Tony Franklin to do the bass. After that, And hoping to have the same lineup basically that I've had. Um, that'd be Derek Sherinian on keys added into that, and so yeah, people can look forward to that. Uh, don't have any kind of Timeline on it, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna probably be doing some of the guitars here while I'm on this tour on the on the road, so that's in the works.
0: How nice is that? To, I mean, to I mean, I'm I'm guessing you carry a mobile studio with you, but I mean, how how nice is that to to almost be able to do some of the things portable that you you know. 30 years ago, you'd have to go sit in a studio and do those things, right? You can knock out a lot of that work on the road, can't you?
2: There's, there's pros and cons to all this technology. Absolutely. But in general, I, I'd say they're, the pros for that are uh, definitely outweigh the, the cons. It is really nice to be able to do professional level recordings portably. Sure.
0: Where can the listeners find you? And all of your efforts on social media. Is there some place specifically that you can point them out to? Is there one platform that does it for you over the other? Can you speak to, to that?
2: Well, they can start with, I'm old school and still actually have a dot com. Yeah, right. uh, you, can, you can go to joel, J O E L H O E K S T R A dot com, dot com. And then from there, you can see on the sidebar, there's a link to all the different. Uh, social media platforms, etc. But I basically do, uh, I do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm on all those pretty much, uh, you know, daily, especially on the road. Um, When you're touring, it tends to heat up and be active. So I try and respond to everybody.
0: Well, you've been responsive to me and our chats back and forth leading up to this interview. So, so thank you for that. I know your time on the road is, is valuable and you're pulled in many different directions. So thank you. Also, thank you again for taking the time out today to chat. It's been a treat for me and I'm pretty sure I can speak for the listeners as well. I ask the listeners to like, share and subscribe to the podcast. Also make sure to follow Joel at joelhoekstra.com and also make sure to follow Whitesnake, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and Iconic on all of their social media outlets. As always, make sure to follow the show on Facebook at Backstage Pass Radio Podcast, Instagram at Backstage Pass Radio, Twitter, Backstage Pass PC, and on the website at Backstage Pass Radio. Joel, thanks again for joining me. Much success on the road. And for the listeners out there, take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you right back here on the next episode of Backstage Pass Radio.
1: Thanks, Randy. I appreciate it, man. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Make sure to follow Randy on Facebook and Instagram at Randy Halsey Music and on Twitter at R Halsey Music. Also, make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on alerts for upcoming podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share the link with a friend and tell them Backstage Pass Radio is the best show on the web for everything music. We'll see you next time right here on Backstage Pass Radio.